This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's just another manic Monday. Oh my gosh. Sports never stop. Have I mentioned that previously? I think I have. And my mom reminded me I feel this way every January <laughs> where we go boom, 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 boom. Uh, football is is crazy coming out of the holidays and uh, finishing up the NFL regular season, getting to the college football playoff, then right into the NFL postseason and supersized wildcard weekend and whoo, okay, dust is settling. I don't know about you. I would never tell you that less football is better, but I do feel like since we started the supersized wildcard weekend and, and don't misunderstand me, the NFL is not going backward on this, but the games haven't quite been as good. There might be something to... Not including too many teams in the postseason. Again, it's my pie-in-the-sky dream because I don't believe the NFL would ever go backwards. In fact, I think the league would probably prefer to go forward and expand even more. Why? Because they make money on TV ratings and viewership and rights deals. That's where the billions of dollars come in. And I wouldn't be surprised, hear me out here, if the NFL at some point added two more playoff teams, one from each conference, and put those games exclusively on streaming, which would stink. But the cold hard truth is that among the games we saw over the last three days, only one of them was separated by single digits. The margin of victory in only one of the games this weekend was one score. Every other game was, I don't know if you want to call 14 points a blowout. That's probably not fair. Although I I say if you watch the games this weekend and you remember what happened, Kansas City-Miami never really felt close, especially not in the second half. The Dolphins couldn't move the ball, and they were shut out in the second half. So even though that was only a 19-point win, it felt like a much greater chasm between the two teams. We know Houston blasted the Browns. That was a 31-point win. That's just weird to say in the playoffs, right? A 31-point win. Green Bay beat Dallas handily, even though the final score was only 16-point separation. The game was not that close. From the point at which the Packers were ahead 20 to nothing, 
I don't know about you, but I never really thought the Cowboys would come back. Now, when they did score right before halftime, well, then maybe a little bit of life there with the leadership they have and the ability to score at home in most other games, uh, there was maybe a slimmer or a glimmer of hope that they might be able to put together a charge, except it didn't happen early in the second half, even after they had the, the first field goal in the third quarter, but the Packers squashed that with three more touchdown drives. So those 16 points might as well have been 61. And then the doubleheader on Monday. All right. The the Pittsburgh Steelers made it a game. I'll give them that. I've always admired Mike Tomlin's teams for their grit. They got a lot of character. His teams have a lot of character. And does that win you every playoff game? No. Is that better than winning Super Bowls? Well, no. Though they, The Steelers do have a lot of those. I like the way he coaches. I like the way the teams respond. He's a leader, and they follow. And they take his lead. They take his cue, I should say, and follow his lead. But we know, offensively, they've been challenged for a good portion of the year. And they couldn't afford to give up 14 points off two first-half turnovers. Those are game changers. And in the playoffs, they're so hard to recover from because every team is good. Well, all right, not every team is good. (laughs) That might be overstating it. But the competition is theoretically tighter in the postseason. Okay, so that's 14 points. You guys, that was the second closest game of the weekend, Buffalo-Pittsburgh. And it was still 14 points. Though I watched all the way through, I really enjoyed the game. And then Tampa Bay and Philadelphia. Now, I would say this is more about the Eagles collapsing. And that's really the story, which means there's plenty to talk about. But heavens, there's a 23-point difference. And also, like I was saying about Kansas City-Miami, I never felt like the Eagles even had much of a fighting chance in this one. And also, the Bucks didn't care about the flying Eagles. <laughs> Don't really care. The e- exactly. The Eagles were relatively grounded in this one. They were grounded and they were pounded. Again, there's probably zero chance. And I don't even mean, so you're saying there's a chance, zero chance. I mean, zero chance that the NFL ever goes backward on number of games per season, number of weeks in the season, and number of games they can have on national television during the postseason. But I'm wondering if maybe they take a cue and they decide, you know what? We got to seven teams per conference. I don't think we need to open it up anymore because one versus eight might end up being even more of a bloodbath than what we saw this weekend. Now, granted, there was a two seed that got upset. The Cowboys, they never did match the Packers in any way, including the intensity, that sense of urgency. Of course, the Packers took care of that early. 
But I would say that rather than expand the playoffs again, I don't actually think that's a good idea. Because wildcard weekend, the last couple of years it feels like, I know Chargers-Jaguars last year turned into an extremely competitive finish and quite the highlight for Jacksonville. But that's generally the aberration, not the norm. More and more it feels like, now I'm going to go back and look at the scores from the last few years, but more and more it seems like wildcard weekend is full of some fairly lopsided games. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. It was a manic Monday for me, as my hubs said a little while ago, you've definitely had a Monday. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Football's relentless, and it's running my life, and it's running my Monday. (laughs) So, yeah, I was dropping things, tripping over things, never really put my contacts in all day. (laughs) It was just one of those days. (laughs) So, and and it's cold, and it's snowing, which I love the snow. But, yeah, just, it, it makes everything a little more complicated with dogs and such. We juggle food food bowls and water bowls in my house now, up and down, upstairs, downstairs, on top of the fridge, down on the floor. (laughs) This one eats, then this one eats. It's just, it's a zoo. I thought it was a zoo before. I was wrong. And so it was a Monday. Many of you had Monday off. I hope that you enjoyed it. Enjoyed the long weekend. Time to get back to the routine. Although in my mom's part of the country, northwest of downtown Houston, they don't have school because it's too cold. Yeah, Texas kids are not used to the cold. And the temps are in the 20s. I mean, it it is cold. But can you imagine in New Hampshire when I was growing up if they ever would cancel school because it was too cold? No. 20s in New no. is in just January, they call that. <laughs> Same thing with my friends in Oklahoma. I've got some friends who live in Edmond, which is a northern suburb of Oklahoma City, and they also don't have school on Tuesday because it's too cold. Wow. So there's a lot of snow. There are a lot of sub-zero temperatures. Wow, that's cold. Western New York featured all of that. I know a good portion of the country has got winter advisories and winter weather to deal with and definitely colder temps. And one of the hard parts about being in the South is that you're not ready for this type of cold and people don't know what to do with their water pipes. So you often have mass casualties when it comes to water pipes because they freeze and then they burst. It's just a, it's a lot to deal with. People don't really know how to drive in the slippery conditions, so that becomes a challenge. So please be safe or just stay indoors. Bob's mom, just staying indoors. Temps in the 20s, just not going outside. You got weather. (laughs) Did you know, Producer Jay, that Peyton and Eli did their last Monday night Mannings? I did, actually. Tonight. This is terrible to, to even admit because I really love their show, and they are going into season four come 2024. I didn't watch even one episode this year. 
Isn't that crazy? Not even one. It just felt like, A, it was too crazy busy all the time. We just had so much going on with all the different responsibilities during football season. But also, (laughs) being in a long-distance relationship, I was generally on the phone until right before the game started. And then I was like, oh, chop, chop, got to pay attention. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I really didn't have time for their shenanigans as much as I missed them. I really missed them. And with a pang, realized that their last broadcast was tonight for Bucks Eagles. And I missed it. How many of them did you watch? Um, I checked in on maybe two. There, I like I enjoy them as well. But when you're when it's a good game and you're actually trying to watch, right. it, it's it's distracting. It's you distracting. can't really follow what's going on. Yeah, and, like all the plays. So it's it's hard to really watch them if you're actually trying to focus mm-hmm. on the game. And Mondays are just so difficult in our business. Well, difficult is the wrong word. They're just so hectic in our business during football season because there's coaching news and injury news and news news and another game and coming out of a weekend in which we work 17-hour days. It just, yeah, it's it. I miss them. So I'm going to make a point to that next year to try to watch again. Or maybe I'll go back and find them on YouTube or something like that. I'm sure that. they're there. Yeah. yeah, that might be fun. Okay, here's the schedule. For next weekend, if you're wondering, you can find it yourself or you can just listen and we'll save you the step. Houston at Baltimore kicks off divisional weekend. By the way, this is my absolute favorite weekend of the entire football schedule. Four games. And they're all the big dogs. And actually, in the case of the AFC, you've got one, two, three, four. In the case of the NFC, we no longer have two or five (laughs) by Eagles. What happened to the NFC East? Wowzers. We've got one and we've got, shoot, I forgot the seeds. Oh, we've got three. Three's Detroit. Yep. And then we've got four, which is Tampa. So three division leaders. And then, of course, Green Bay. Look at you, Green Bay. The little engine that could. I like it. I want to hear a really fun text from my mom, producer Jay. I'm not sure where she got this from, but I'm really proud of her. So she sent me, I was asleep, and she sent me a bunch of text messages on Monday because she was off school, so she had things to say. She was busy. She had things to say. Lots to talk about. How was your show? At least she knows. At least she didn't say, is there anything to talk about? Which she frequently does on Sundays during football season. I am now a Packers fan. No, wait, wait. It's, it gets better. Because they're such a young team and are working hard. I watched that whole game. Way to go, Mom. I love that. I do, too. She's getting in on the ground level of these new Packers post Aaron Rodgers. They're a young team and working hard. That's yes. an incredible. That's a perfect reason to root for a team. I love it. That's great. That's amazing. So I suppose you could say she's a bandwagon jumper, but she doesn't have a team. So that doesn't make her a bandwagon jumper. Plus, even though they did beat the Cowboys, she knew a whole lot of nada about the Packers. She would have known Aaron Rodgers wasn't there anymore. But other than that, she doesn't know anything about the Packers other than that they're in Wisconsin. That's it. And that it was probably cold. But they weren't in Dallas, so whatever. She watched the whole game, and she's decided she's getting in on the ground level with the Green Bay Packers. I think she didn't. I mean, she going in knowing nothing. She went in just watching this team play and go, How about wow, that? yeah, I can get behind this team. I like the way their effort. I like the way they've played the game. Yeah, I, just, I know. I'm really impressed with my mom. Team? That's perfect. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
right? If you Only don't have one, it's a good way that, to yeah. adopt one. Yes. So Houston at Baltimore to get back to our Saturday doubleheader, followed by Mom's Packers against the Niners. That's one versus seven right there. All right, that'll be fun. I can't wait. Wait, Green Bay is seven, right? This is what happens when they don't have the numbers next to the Bums. <laughs> don't be a jealous. Don't be a jealous Judy. He could have been a seven. Don't be a jealous Jack. Don't be a jealous jackass. <laughs> so Green Bay at San Francisco. Then on Sunday, the Lions get another home playoff game. It took them 30-something years. And now they get two in two weeks. Oh, try not to feel spoiled there, Lions fans. I've got controlled fury. I cannot wait. The Bucks at the Lions on Sunday. Now that starts at 3 o'clock Detroit time. 3 o'clock Tampa time as well. And then Buffalo and Kansas City. All right, CBS. Let's do ourselves proud. I just here's the thing though. As much as and remember we asked this question about midway through the season, we'd have to go back to our polls, Jay. We asked the question, who was in more trouble or who was the I can't remember what the how we phrased it, but we asked a question, oh, which team is more concerning or has had the more troubling start? Which team is in more trouble? Something like that. Chiefs or Bills? And it was stolen by a morning show because it was such a good question. Anyway, Bills and Chiefs are now the two and the three in the AFC, which feels kind of like how it should be, at least in this era. And they will clash in Buffalo this time, you guys. Chiefs will play their first road postseason game. So first game away from Arrowhead in Patrick Mahomes' career. I mean, that's crazy to say. But it's true. Chiefs and Bills. At least they both like the cold. No worries there. Do you know how many times I heard people say on Monday, Tua Tagovailoa clearly can't play in the cold. (laughs) Also, how many times I've heard people say, fire Nick Sirianni. That one has happened a lot. I guess Nick and Mike McCarthy could be hanging out together. Maybe they'll join forces and go to a new team together. And here's a question. If you're Bill Belichick, why would you pick the Falcons? That is not a knock on the Falcons. I swear, I just, they don't have a quarterback. And I, I just don't understand why that would be the most attractive job. All right, there's the question. And I swear I'm not being snarky. If you're Bill Belichick and you have multiple offers, why would you pick the Falcons? Also, Jay, another question. This could be question B. So question A and question B. Maybe this, you tell me which one you like better. Who would you rather have as your next head coach? Jim Harbaugh, Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel. Or I've heard now Pete Carroll is interested in moving on. Maybe he's changed his mind, decided he's going to coach again. I like that one. Okay, so are we going to put all four there? Like in a poll? Uh, uh, yeah, okay, that's a good idea. I'll put it in a poll. I'll put those four in a poll. Okay. But see, there's also Dan Quinn. 
Mm. Ben Johnson. Should I maybe put the three, Harbaugh, Belichick, Vrabel, and then an other? Maybe other meaning Carol. I could put other parentheses like Carol, blah, blah, you know. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Let's, let's just go with the four veteran coaches okay. and see what happens. And people want to come up with a different answer. They can respond. Speaking of polls, we still have our Monday MVP poll live and taking your votes. A couple hours left there, and we'll, we will reveal the Monday MVP. We'll do Touchdown Tuesday, and we'll dive into the games coming up momentarily. But I just saw this tweet from Dylan. Dylan, thank you for listening. We're glad to keep you company. He says, I'm in Texas and my kids are out of school due to busted water lines. See, that's the major issue. A lot of times, as I say, people in the South or companies, they don't know either how to insulate their water lines or they don't bother because most of the time you don't need to worry about it. Or they don't know how to then turn off the water and empty the pipes and everything else. Uh, Dylan says, I'm out working in this mess. It's 17 degrees and windy, and it's cold. Well, please be safe. Thank you so much for listening, and again, we're happy to keep you company. Anybody dealing with the weather, we will warm you up. And coming up next, we'll start with not the Bruce and Brady Bucks. Oh, that sounds like the Brady Bunch. <laughs> it's not the Bruce and Brady Bunch. Nope, it's the Bulls and Baker Bucks. Jay, don't shake your head at me. <laughs> Jay just did an SMH. That's what he did right there. Mm. It's a little bit of a difference, but <laughs> between the two. So on Twitter, A-Law Radio, we're talking coaching candidates, and we'll give you the latest. Also, wrapping up wild card wackiness. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CB. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Three good receivers now in motion more. 
trips to the right side. Here comes pressure. Baker Mayfield steps up, goes up. It's a caught ball inside the 30, outside the numbers. David Moore to the 20. David Moore to the 15. Moore still on his feet to the 5. The 3. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Violent cannons. Stolen motion. This time, back goes Hurts. He has time. He loads up. He is going deep for Smith, who has it at the five-yard line. What a play by Devontae Smith, and what a throw. Hurts calling for the football. He rolls. He fires. He completes it. And running in for the touchdown is a wide-open Dallas Goddard. Eagles are back in this game. Off the field, on the money, and after hours, it's time to talk football with Amy Lawrence. It may have been fool's gold for the Philadelphia Eagles. A little bit reminiscent of the Cowboys scoring late in the first half against the Packers on Sunday to see the Philadelphia Eagles come up with a touchdown, though they failed on the two-point conversion with a tush push, by the way. They ended up having a flag that moved them closer on the initial kick, the point after attempt. And with the flag, they decided they'd take the extra distance and they would try the tush push. But, well, with the help of a face mask, and I mean a blatant face mask, uh, one of the Bucks defenders was was dragging Jalen Hurts backward by his helmet. So somehow that was missed. The cameras didn't miss it. But either way, the two-point conversion did not get across the line so no tush push was successful and maybe that's a microcosm for what the eagles what the eagles did or how they navigated these last 7 weeks in which including the playoff loss to the buccaneers they dropped 6 of 7 when you talk about either driving off the proverbial cliff or your wheels just completely falling off. Uh, when you want to talk about a multi-tire blowout, that's the Eagles. So, yes, Dallas Goddard got into the end zone after an incredible Devontae Smith grab and a perfect throw by Jalen Hurts, but otherwise a whole lot of nothing from the offense. And so it was 16-9 to at halftime. But then late in the third quarter, so little bit of trouble for each of these teams getting started again in the second quarter. But once they got late third quarter, the issues for the Eagles, the problems for the offense, once again, rearing their ugly heads. Two receivers either side. Shotgun snap hurts. Pocket pushed. Hurts in trouble. Dancing to his left. From the goal line, he's in trouble. Back in the end zone. He tries to throw it away. The ball trickles loose. It'll be a sack in the end zone. It'll be a safety. They drop the flag. It's going to be intentional grounding. The result the same. Grounding number one. It 18-9. I held up in the pocket, trying to make a play outside the pocket and um, make a throw down the field to move the chains. Um, and ended up, ended up getting it up late. I guess I, I didn't pass the line of scrimmage, so it's a safety. I have to watch the film to see what actually happened. Well, what actually happened is that he didn't get rid of the football. He just held on to it. As he says, he was trying to make a play, and Jalen Hurts, to the detriment of his team, just didn't get rid of the football. That's the type of mistake that a really young quarterback makes. 
it shouldn't be a Jalen Hurts mistake, especially not in the end zone or anywhere near the end zone. It's indicative of the frustration for the Eagles all night, feeling like they're so close but just couldn't get anything going. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Kevin Kugler with the call on Westwood One. As for the Buccaneers, not only were they able to find some rhythm for their offense, but they benefited by the porous, shoddy, unprofessional, and horrific tackling by the Eagles' defense. David Moore swings in motion to the left from the 44-yard line. Makefield throws a ball to the right side. Caught ball. And a broken tackle by Moore to the 40, to the 35-30. David, it's Craig Palmer. Palmer to the 5. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Touchdown, Buccaneers. Fire the cannons. Trey Palmer does it. It was a play that maybe could have been stopped, what, 15 yards downfield? Maybe not even that. Did you see the stat? This is pretty incredible for both the Eagles and the Bucks. More than 150 yards after the catch for Buccaneers receivers. Wow. And not all of that is poor tackling, but a lot of it is. And that was one very gaudy example. Gene Deckerhoff with the call on Buccaneers radio. All that was left was another late fourth quarter touchdown for Chris Godwin. And what a triumph for Baker Mayfield. I've said this before this season. I have no idea when I turned into a Baker Mayfield fan because I used to dislike him. I didn't like his arrogance. I didn't love the fact that he could never do any wrong. I didn't love how proud and just in your face he was. And I, I know that he still is, but it's... In the right arena now. He's not so petulant. He doesn't come across as a spoiled brat or entitled. Not so bravado. And you know why? Because he got humbled. He was embarrassed by how the Browns unceremoniously dumped him. And I don't think they treated him the right way. Then it doesn't work out in Carolina. He goes to L.A. only to be Matthew Stafford's backup for a month. Well, because Stafford was injured. So he goes to L.A. to finish out the string for the Rams. And then he gets called on and gets an opportunity to play in Tampa and follow the great Tom Brady. And what do we hear from him for weeks? Well, I'm not going to be Tom Brady. True. Thing is... Baker Mayfield's not the same guy anymore. He's still intense. What did Todd Bowles call him? A warrior. He's still brash and bold and obviously still feels that fire, but now recognizes that he's entitled to a whole lot of nothing. Recognizes that he shouldn't take this stuff for granted. But he got humbled. It was humiliating what he went through. I was humiliated for him. He was probably embarrassed. He spent three months being off social media rather than telling everybody how he was the best thing since sliced bread and telling everybody how I deserve this and I deserve that and blah, blah, blah. He just decided he was going to keep his mouth shut and he was going to work his rear off. And look what happened. He ended up in Tampa 
where it took them a little bit, but they had a nice surge toward the end of the season, won the division title, and now they're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And what a performance for him. 337 yards passing, three touchdowns, a passer rating near 120. He's the leader of a team again. But I like him. I like him now, and I root for him. Hello. Kind of like the Jared Goff situation with the vindication. I'm on your side now, Baker. Let's get it. This is the bull. They always come back. Oh, stop it. Now, see, that's the kind of creepy, ew voice that he used to give us. Where he was just so cocksure of himself. Cocky. Now his cockiness is in his play. And not in, hey, my poo don't stink. Sports have a way of doing that to you. Team is bigger than Baker now. I love it. And I'm I'm rooting for him. On Twitter, A-Law Radio. Also on our Facebook page. Oh, hey, so it's the popular thing these days to ask the losing coach. Well, how do you feel about your job? What, should you continue coaching? Oh, did you know you might get fired? Those types of questions. <laughs> and along those lines, we've got our show poll up. Well, we're actually going to give you a twofer. This particular edition of After Hours has got two poll questions. The first one's up. I'm rather shocked by the early results. Pat Boyle's here in studio. Give us your vote. Who would you rather have as your next head coach? Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh, Mike Vrabel, Pete Carroll. Jim Harbaugh. That's who I voted for. I voted for Harbaugh as well. But these are very early returns. Mike Vrabel has nearly half the vote. Wow. I, I like Vrabel because no matter what, his team plays hard for him, right? You say that about him, about Mike Tomlin. I mean, just look at the week 18. At home, quarterbacks that are banged up, Tannehill and Levis, neither have played particularly well all year. And I and trust me, I was on the boat that the Jaguars were as fraudulent as anybody going into that last <laughs> week. But still, I mean, they they crushed him. The team always plays great for him. He's always prepared. He's had success in the playoffs. So I get it. Uh, three years ago, you you would have everybody would have laughed at anybody saying Jim Harbaugh to get another head coaching job in the NFL after you know he couldn't beat Ryan Day, couldn't beat Ohio State, and now look, he's won at every level, championships, titles. I think Jim Harbaugh is the hot coach. Not to mention uh, his attitude. I think he's he's a guy that uh, as he when he says he's going to work it out, when he says he's going to figure it out, he does. He's he's yeah, he's got. I think a lot of people paying attention to him as well. Uh, not only because of everything he went through this year, but because of how he handled his business. Plus, you know, Harbaugh's, those Harbaugh's, they're winners. Who's got it better than them? Uh, nobody. So Jim Harbaugh, Mike Vrabel, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick. That's the poll. So check it out on our show, Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page. Coming up, Nick Sirianni. I don't know. Is he going to be available? That's just dumb. But his response. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. On third and seven, pressure up the middle. Mayfield lobs it up, and it's caught at the goal line! Chris Godwin almost fair caught that rainbow from Baker Mayfield. 23 yards and the exclamation point. Punching Tampa Bay's ticket to Detroit. They lead 31-9. 
when it's cover zero, those guys are just trying to play at a certain point. And then when Chris sticks his foot in the ground and runs, he was right on the landmark. And um, Dave and Brad always talk about when it's cover zero, just look up for the ball. And he did. Um, I was, <laughs> wasn't the best ball, but he caught it. So it, 14's down there somewhere. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Last of Baker Mayfield's touchdown passes, and it goes to Chris Godwin. And you're here with Kevin Kugler on Westwood One. That was the final exclamation point. It was not snowing in Tampa. It's not cold in Tampa, unless, of course, you are an Eagles fan. And then the Florida breezes and the Florida warmth really had nothing for you. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Baker Mayfield has found a new home. Now, this was a one-year trial, right? He's got no guarantees moving forward, but they are raving about him in Tampa, and they've done this year what they could not do last year, which was get back to the divisional round of the postseason. And this was a no-doubter against the previously reigning NFC champions. So there will be a new champ in the NFC at the very least. And remember, Baker was playing with... A lot of aches and pains, uh, an ankle and ribs. And there were times when you could tell he was feeling it. Your body is your product. And it's like the one job you have to do is to get ready physically to be able to play. Um, so everybody everybody in the locker room at this point of the year, it's a long season. Everybody's fighting some sort of uh, injury. And uh, we, we everybody did the best they could to prepare. He's a dog. Um, no, he's a super tough guy, incredible competitor. Um, you know, he's been doing everything he can to be out there with us. So um, it's it's awesome to see he was sharp. I mean, the whole game he was sharp. Like you said, they dropped some balls, but he kept coming back. He kept going to him. He was putting the ball in only a place where they could catch it. He didn't turn it over. They kept making play after play after play. He did a hell of a job. Both Tristan Wirfs, who is one of the O-linemen in front of Baker Mayfield, and Todd Bowles raving about the quarterback. And you can't find a whole lot of fall with him. Now, the Bucks didn't take advantage of every opportunity. Uh, they did pull away late and make the score a little bit gaudier. But they left some points out there. After that first touchdown, they then ended up settling for field goals, right? So not capitalizing. And and honestly, only into the red zone one time. So they could have done more offensively. But this was leaps and bounds above where they'd been in the last few weeks. Remember, it had been the defense that had been propelling them forward in this late win streak in which they won five of six. Remember, they beat the Panthers in the season finale nine to nothing. That was it. That was on the road. But they did also have victories over the Jaguars and the Packers in this stretch to win the NFC South. Love the defensive performance. Here's one stat that I couldn't get over, even though I watched the game. Eagles 0 for 11 on third and fourth down. And remember, that offensive line for the Eagles is supposed to be uber talented. So what happened, Nick Sirianni? What led to just the complete and utter lack of any offensive production? We were just a little out of sync, obviously. Um, you know, we had the big play to Devontae. Besides that, we were just a little bit out of flow. That's always going to start with me. Uh, wasn't good enough. Um, obviously, we're not putting them in good enough positions. Whenever you're out of flow like that and not in sync like we were, um, it's going to be hard to get your get your carries when you're behind the sticks. And we had a two-minute drive there as well. So 
hey, listen, uh, we need to we need to be able to run it more. Obviously, we we weren't able to today to get into a flow, and that's that's on me. This was the culmination of a really bad two months for the Eagles. It completely blew up in this game, but we'd seen them trending in this direction for quite a while. Jalen Hurts, 25 of 35 for 250 yards and a touchdown. He had a lot of pressure. And sometimes it was just because he was holding the ball too long. Now, there were times where he had plenty of room to throw. Missing A.J. Brown, of course. And because they were behind most of the game, didn't have a chance to establish the run, but credit the defensive line for Tampa. And so Jalen didn't play poorly, but left so much out there on the field. He knows they weren't good enough this season. Nick Sirianni has said the same thing, but what does it mean moving forward? I can't believe there are people calling for Nick Sirianni's head. I'm stunned by that. And by people, I mean fans. I had a listener reply to me earlier on Monday about how Mike Tomlin has to go. Because I tweeted that I was always impressed with the grit that Tomlin Steelers bring to any game and he replies with Mike Tomlin has to go he's part of the problem if I was a fan I would insist on it my reply is how do fans insist on a coaching change and also fans are not known for their logic and their rational thinking seems like a bad business plan it's after hours CBS Sports Radio okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 